Well, hey, City Life Church, we're so glad you're here with us for another Saturday and you're in for a treat today uh, because as many of you know, or I hope that you know, we are a multi-church campus. So we have church partners here with us at 311 Southern Road. And we thought, how great would it be for you to meet the pastors of those churches? Uh, and so to get us started, we have Pastor Oswaldo of Anchor Church that meets here on Sunday afternoons. So welcome, and I'm glad you're here. I'm glad you're a part of this community of churches, and uh, and thank you for doing this today. Thank you for having us. Yeah, so why don't, t tell us a little bit about yourself, a little bit about your family, what you do, because again, your situation's unique. You pastor church, but you also do lots of other things too. Absolutely, so I'm uh, Osvaldo, or, or Oswaldo. I- Because uh... I'm never gonna be able to say it the other way. <laughs> You know that, that I always just throw that in. Yeah, it's Osvaldo, and uh, I am uh, born from in Mexico. Okay. Uh, my family uh, is well. We were raised in the Southwest in the desert, so I'm yes. a desert boy. Okay. My dad was a farmer, uh, heavy uh, in uh, involved in ministry, and uh, my wife is also from Arizona. Yes. We've met. We actually met at a camp. At Did a, you at really? A, at a, a like at a youth camp type that's of thing. Right. Yeah. Yes. So we met at a youth camp. I know it's so cliche to it's say. It's so that. great though. It's perfect. <laughs> but that's where we met, and little did we know that we would go to college together. Okay. We're talking about high school here. So she was yeah. like my high school sweetheart. You weren't the youth pastor, and she was the no, student. No, no, okay, no. Okay, wasn't no, one of those no, stories. No. <laughs> that that would have been. That would have been bad. Yeah, <laughs> that would have been bad. <laughs> so we went uh, then. I moved to Boston, got my doctorate okay. in uh, clinical psychology, have a heavy uh, emphasis in public health, social justice, yes. uh, specifically within immigrant uh, communities, Spanish yes. communities. Uh, and at the same time, really coming from a ministry mm. home, heavily involved in ministry myself. Okay. And so we are, are huge believers in bivocational ministry. Okay. Uh, to be able to show that uh, we can do both. I uh, see. And so, God brought us here to Virginia. I'm a professor at Virginia Commonwealth University. Yes, go Rams. Uh, and go Rams, yeah. yes. And uh, at the same time, we planted the church anchor here in Newport News. We yeah. planted it right before the pandemic. And so the baby stages was mm. right at the heart wow. of the pandemic. Wow, yes. So uh, had a lot of learning opportunities for us. Mm -hmm. uh, and now we're seeing a tremendous growth. Uh, and so yeah. my family, uh, through that, uh, I always say Virginia has been a, a stage of planting. So during that time, we also had two kids. Yes. Uh, so I now have an eight-year-old, uh, three, four-year-old. Don't tell my wife I messed up on the age. <laughs> and a one-year-old. Yes. Yeah, two so, girls and a little boy. Two girls and one little boy. That's two, precious. One Massachusetts baby and two Virginia okay. babies. Fun fact, one Boston baby or Concord, Massachusetts baby, and two Williamsburg babies. So oh, the history. Oh wow, a lot of, of history. Yes. There's a lot of history there. <laughs> so that's, that's my family, yeah. That's good. All and right. if I can just add one piece. Sure you can. I'm also heavily involved in youth ministries. Okay. So uh, I'm currently the president of our international youth ministries where we um, minister to about 30, 40,000 youth across wow. the world. Wow. Which is why I travel so much. Uh, for ah. uh, in ministry, so okay. my, a typical schedule for me would be like being at the university Monday through like uh, Wednesday, Thursday. Then I will travel Thursday through Saturday. Then I'll be back on Friday, uh, Sunday. Wow. To uh, my uh, local church, and somehow it's working for us. So uh, okay, throwing on these different hats. I always say I have four jobs. Yeah. Of course, my family. 
to the church plant, then professorship, and also this uh, international youth ministry. And is the international youth ministry a part of a group that your church is affiliated correct. with? And what correct. group is that? Yeah, so... So, like, we're affiliated with a group called Elam Fellowship. Mm -hmm, like, mm -hmm. we have a something bigger that we're a part of. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And so that is what for you? For us, it's the uh, Apostolic Assembly. So we, we we are pretty much uh, uh, international uh, now, international, but it was essentially started and founded in uh, through farm working uh, Mexican okay. families uh, okay. in uh, SoCal. And so from there, that's why our... We're, we're primarily the, the one of the largest Spanish-speaking yes. uh, affiliations. Uh, okay. And so now we're seeing a lot of um, bilingualism, a yes. lot of biculturalism. Yes. But historically, it was founded with uh, Spanish-speaking, essentially farm, farm working yes. uh, from Mexico. And the bilingual, if I remember from our conversations before, part of that is because the next generation mm -hmm. that is coming mm -hmm. along mm -hmm lends itself to English mm -hmm. and maybe a little bit more American culture. That's correct. Okay, because yeah. they're second generation. That's correct. Yeah, that's correct. And so because of that, we see ourselves as being a Latin uh, church, okay. but bicultural in uh. nature and bilingual in nature as well. So it's really interesting to see some of the um, parents only speak Spanish and the kids speak more English than Spanish. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So when so Anchor Church planted right before the pandemic. Mm -hmm. So so you and I were talking about that in a city. There's a, a continuum of churches, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and each church kind of meets a need, mm -hmm. fills a gap, so to mm -hmm. speak, in 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 reaching people um, who are who yet to know Christ. Right. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And and so tell us. Where do you feel like Anchor falls on that spectrum? What 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 is Anchor doing that's unique? Yeah, absolutely. So I would say that within the city of Newport News, there is a community, and community is multiracial, okay. multicultural, yes. multilingual. And so when I think about a church, a community church, we're essentially serving a community but many times we're serving specific parts mm. of the community. Yes. And so when I, when I think of Anchor, I think of by default, we would be serving bilingual mm -hmm. or monolingual Spanish-speaking communities. Okay. Uh, uh, within that, they need, we're talking about recently arrived migrants mm -hmm. into Newport News mm -hmm. that need a community. Yes. They need a, 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 a church community. Yes. That they need a fellowship. Right. They need a house of worship. Yes. And so we're able to do just that. And even uh, I would say that Anchor is also serving a community that is um, adapting to this community, mm. to a different system, to right. a different country, to a different state. Right. And so that is primarily the, the, the need. So there's my work, right? The social determinant factors mm -hmm. uh, of adaptation, right. but most importantly also embedded how we are able to do, of course, the first part, the spiritual component, right? Uh, but then also these other social factors involved as well. Right. Yeah. So, so when you were felt this leading from God to plant a church, mm -hmm. how did you settle in Newport News? You, you were already a professor at yeah. VCU. Correct. But Newport News is quite a long way from Absolutely. Richmond. Absolutely, yeah. So on a personal note, um, we love 
Williamsburg. Okay. And so we figured uh, that Williamsburg can be a hub for us. Okay. Uh, a lot of it, Williamsburg reminds us a lot of um, New England, yes. Massachusetts. And yes. so that was for us like a common ground coming out here. Um, and so for us, it was within that radius. Like if that's the center for us and Richmond is where I work, I'm not going in every day. Okay. Uh, and so that was pretty much the episode of like, where can okay. we be? We prayed about it. And then a couple families, uh, we, we stayed in contact with a couple of families and it started with three families. I see. The families were from here, from New Okay. Greece, okay. And that's from with three families. It's good. To five. To ten, yeah, to fifteen. Sometimes God leads us through our circumstances, doesn't That's correct. He? Yeah. That's correct. That's correct. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. And so I've used my background in uh, clinical counseling psychology uh, to be able to also understand people. Yeah. To be able to um, incorporate through biblical perspective, even just like um, counseling, right? Right. Uh, part of. I always say that the first stage is um, relationship, mm -hmm. and then after is uh, tailoring to needs. And so being okay. able to use a lot of my background as well. Yes, uh, to, to really care for the people in your congregation. That is correct. Yeah, your background. Or in the community do. that then opens a door, because yes, that itself see. is a form of evangelism. I that's see. A form of you meet a felt here. need. Mm -hmm. Yeah, mm -hmm. that's good. Yeah. yeah. So someone comes to visit Anchor Church, mm -hmm. right? And, and and I hope some people do. Yes, you know, I hope some some come and 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 what 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 can they expect when they come to a worship service Absolutely. at Anchor Church? So, well, as you come in, uh, we will have people ready to um, welcome yes. you in Spanish. Yeah, uh, and uh, with a sprinkle of English. Okay, and then um, our our we're Latinos, so um, with a lot of Latin spice okay. music, um, the which yeah I, we always joke right. It, it tends to be a little bit louder than the Latin side. We like it with a little bit of um, uh, yeah, I mean salsa or a little yeah. bit of uh, merengue or a little bit of just the Latin right. taste in there. Um, word is bilingual. Okay, uh, uh, my. My favorite translator is my wife. Yes. So we partner together. Okay. And we uh, bring in the word together. And uh, then after, our, we love to fellowship. Right. We love, and how do we fellowship? Through food. Right. Uh, so there's always food after. Okay. Yeah. Every week you do food after. You know, or most not weeks. every week, most, most weeks, weeks, yes. But by when we ask for a snack, it's not a snack. Yeah. It's, it's something heavier. Yeah. yeah. So even as simple as like a grill, we're not talking about just burgers or hot dogs. Right, right. We're talking right. about like full-blown like yeah. carne asada right. and stuff like that. So, wow. Yeah, so that sounds good. Come hungry and... Oh. Feed, feed the heart and the stomach. That's right. All right. So so for um, being a part of a shared church mm -hmm. community, a shared church campus, which we are, are here. Absolutely. To tell us what that's been like for you here in your church. Yeah, I, 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 I really value this question. I think for me, for our church, for my family, it's a reminder and it's an exercise how heaven will be. Hmm, it's, uh, that's really good. Uh, we will all come together from yes. different backgrounds, from different uh, families, different cultures, different right. communities, different nations, uh, hmm. and we will be there for a purpose yes. and so for me 
uh, a multi-church campus is essentially being kingdom-minded. Right, right. Because that's what it's about. Yes. Is, uh, is being us all working together for our communities. Right. And representing that spectrum that we're talking about. Yes. Uh, and we're here to support each other, not compete with each other. We're here to uh, work with each other, not... Um, not turn our backs to each other right it's, it's us against uh darkness that's really good it's us uh helping and serving the needs of our community and i think that it's just like i imagine that's how heaven would be right um and why wait until we get to heaven when we yeah. can start doing this now? i think a lot of people are going to have culture shock when they get to heaven mm -hmm. right they're absolutely. expecting everyone to look like them think mm -hmm. like them absolutely. sound like them absolutely and it's just not going to be that that's right thankfully that's right right that's right yeah that's good yeah so why not why do we have to wait till we get there when we can start now right yeah so for that i think it and as it through now the logistics of a church planting it's beautiful mm. to see it that way. We see um, on the on the business side, we see a lot of uh, right. The, they absolutely. Do. So why can't we do this? Right. Why can we help each other, support each other? Mm -hmm. A church plant by itself may have limited resources. Right. But when we all come together and put our resources together, yes. man, we can do so many great things. Right. And, we're showing yes. we're all doing great things even just having this conversation yes. and we get to see who else is our neighbor right we also get to see who else is a part of our community right we get to see who else lives where we live works where we work right. worship where we worship uh and just belong like everyone else belongs right. that is beautiful to me it is know? beautiful yeah. that's a good word it's beautiful yeah. Well, thank you for being here today. Thank you. And being a part of this conversation, but also being a part even more so of this community. And uh, and and I love that idea where, where churches are not supposed to be competing, we're supposed to be collaborating, right? Conspiring mm -hmm. together mm -hmm. to reach our city for Christ. Absolutely. So, Absolutely. so we hope you've enjoyed this conversation. There are more to come in this service with two other church partners. Uh, they're going to be sitting down at this table with us. Uh, but for now, I'm going to send you back to Madeline for a time of worship. Well, we're back with you, City Life Church. And again, we're so excited about the opportunity to introduce you to ministry partners here on campus with us. And it's my pleasure to introduce to City Life, Pastor Karen. Now, of course, we all know Dom oh, yeah. because he leads worship with us a yeah. lot. And so for those of you who don't know... Uh, this is Dom's mom, and uh, so they are a ministry family. Yes. They're in the kingdom together serving. Yes. And uh, so why don't we start, why don't you tell us a little about who Pastor Karen is and a little bit about your family. Okay, so Pastor Karen. Yes. Me. <laughs> we are, um, I've been married for 33 years. Come on. Um, and I passed with my husband, Thomas. Yes. And we uh, will be 34 years, November the 11th, okay. Veterans Day. Go figure, right? Yes. And, and so we have um, two children, um, Dominique and Joy. They're both married with um, grands. So okay. we have seven beautiful wow. grandchildren. And yeah. they all live here in the area. Uh, now, my daughter lives in Maryland. Okay, and she that's still pretty is close. actually in, yes, close. We're yeah. not too far. Yeah. <laughs> so she's um, in the military, her and her husband. Okay. Yep, so, yeah, so. 
That's about the family. All right. Yes. And are you from this area also? Absolutely. I am from this area, um, in the Nupanus area. I grew up in this area. My husband actually grew up in the Williamsburg area. Okay. But we're both from the state of Virginia. All right. Yes. And then tell me a little bit about how you became Pastor Karen and how did Epic Center start as a, as a church? Because you were a ministry in Absolutely. the area for a little while. Absolutely. And then realized that this is really supposed to be a church. Right. Well, my husband and I, we both served under um, different churches for mm -hmm. years. Um, I would say we probably served probably in excess of 10 or 12 years in leadership under other right. um, churches. And then my husband goes one day, I think we should do this. And I'm thinking, mm. I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, and I'm so, right behind you. <laughs> and so, um, and then it just kept being, you know, we need to do this. And then it evolved into, we had like... Um, cell groups, mm -hmm. and then we started doing different things with different people outside of outreach. And so right. eventually it was like, okay, we want to try to do this. Yeah. And it's been absolutely um, fantastic since we did that. And when, when did when did Epic Center launch as a church? Epic, Epic Center launched um, um, September 2018. Okay. So this year will be right up on five years. Okay. So yeah, so we made it through five, five years. Yes, and you were on campus here the when NRBC was still yes. the owner, before it was gifted to City Life Church, you, yes. you were part of the on-campus yes. community. Absolutely, yeah. yes. Yeah. And it's been a great experience. It really has. Um, I think I met you. I met you before I met them. Yes. Yes. And so, um, and then the way that it was presented was like, okay, we want to do this. We want right. in on this. Yeah. So, and then eventually you guys transitioned over and it's been great. Yeah. Mm -hmm. tell, tell me... Um, we've been talking with the other ministry partners. Uh -huh. every, every church, I feel like, provides, offers something unique okay. to a city. Okay. Right? The um, um, We think about Imago Dei for the individual. We all represent mm -hmm. the image of God in some way. Absolutely. I, I think churches do that in a unique way, too. Yes. The, God has a unique calling on every church. Every, right. every church brings something of the kingdom to, to a city and to a region. So when you think about your church mm -hmm. and what God's asking you to do, what what would you say is, th this is what God's called us to for here in Newport. Well, EPIC in itself stands for, it's an acronym. Okay. It's Everyday People in Christ. Okay. So our goal is to pretty much kind of like take down all of the religious hats mm. and just let people, and our motto is where the heart of God meets the heart of the people. Okay. And so when you come into Epic, it's very relaxed, right. extremely relaxed. Sometimes it makes me a little nervous because we're a little relaxed, okay. but when people come in, we pretty much try to do what we can to make them feel like, okay, this is not church as usual. Mm. Um, we're going to give you the word, but the main thing we want to do is make sure that we love on you. Right. And so one of the unique things we do at the end of the service, uh -huh. um, which is kind of different, we let people give their feedback on what they thought about the message. Okay. So at the very end, we're like, okay, anybody have anything you want to share? That's good. Any questions or anything that we can help you with or let's talk about it. And right. so that that right there, people can tend to enjoy that more than they do the message. Yes. Something. Okay. And then from a leadership perspective, you get to hear what did they walk away with. Mm -hmm. And then we know what we're going to work on the next time. Right. So... Pretty much that's different. It's kind of different, yeah. I think. Yeah. Do you find that people, because a lot of people have been in churches before, so they come with preconceived ideas about what church is going to be like. Right. Do you find that when people are new and then that opportunity is presented, do they, is 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 it off-putting for them? Do they feel like, I've never done this in church? Or is it like, 
wow, this is phenomenal. You get I a wish little more bit churches did that. You yeah. actually get a little bit of both because sometimes when people come, they have no idea that's what we're going to be doing. Right. Because right after the message, we go, okay, so if there's any feedback, and then some people are like, feedback? Yeah. And then there's some people like, oh, I get to get feedback on this? And I think the people that are normally there, they kind of set the precedence okay. for it. Yep. They'll get up and say, okay, I do. And yeah. then everybody kind of like kind of goes in with the flow. Mm. And so I think it's... um. I think it's a little culture shocking at first, right? But I think once you see how it goes and how smooth it is, and yeah. then we laugh about it, you yeah. know, we talk about it, and so I think people kind of, I think in the beginning they're like, okay, now what are they gonna do? Right. But once people kind of get in there, they kind of like like it. Yeah. For the most part, it's been pretty, um, pretty rewarding. Yeah. Yeah. Now you will meet in the chapel. Yes. And mm-hmm. then your service times are 9.30. Mm-hmm. We start at 9.30. We're usually no more than about an hour to an hour and a half. Okay. Um, we're very we're a very small ministry. Yeah. And so we do praise and worship. Okay. And then we go right into the Word. Yep. We go right into the Word. Um, not a lot of um, fluff and things in between there, but for the most part, we kind of like just pretty much love on each other. But yeah. We're in, we're out, maybe an hour and a half. I think the last past, maybe two or three Sundays, okay. we've been a little long. I'm like, okay, wait yeah. a minute, we're still in church. Yeah, you have flexibility though, right? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Because yeah. I'm thinking, this is great. Yeah. I'm thinking, okay, they're liking it. They're staying a little bit longer, hanging around or whatever. Right. So, which is a good thing. But yeah, normally it's about an hour and a half, maybe no more than two hours we're in church okay. usually. Yeah. So... You all, again, were a part of this this um, uh, shared space concept yes. uh, before the, the property was gifted to City Life. Mm-hmm. So tell me a little bit about, you alluded to it before, that it's been a great experience. Talk to me a little bit more about that. Like, why has it been a great experience? Um, a lot of times for churches, sharing spaces is, is a new concept in and of itself. Right. So tell me a little bit about how you came to choose that as an option versus what maybe other churches do. Well, we were looking for space mm-hmm. and there's so many different so many different wins to it. Um, cost effective. Yes. Very, very cost effective. Um, and then also too, you get to see what I believe the kingdom of God concept mm-hmm. is. That's really so good. we're all here. Yes. Um, as opposed to you've got 10 different churches on one block. Mm-hmm. And we've got 10 different mortgages, 10 different rents right. on the same block. Yes. But if we come together, it's so good. then we've got, everybody has the same goal. Yeah. Um, now, how did we come? Well, we were looking. And of course, you said my son, he had been doing um, oh, that's praise right. and worship with yes. you guys. And he goes, I got an idea. Okay. He said, let me put it out there. He said, I think I know who's going to answer. Okay. And then, of course, you answered. Right. Right. And so he says, I want you to meet Pastor Fred. Right. right. So that's why I was like, you were my first uh, yes. person. I came over and I looked at it. And then one of the things that um, that really, really kind of um, impressed me, to be honest, you said, what are you asking me a question? Yeah. What are you trying to do? Yeah. And what is your goal? Right. You know, and there have been so many places that I have been and they were like, okay, well, this is what we charge. This mm-hmm. we do that. But it seemed as if though you were invested in what right. we were trying to do and you weren't even, you know, it wasn't even your building, but right. I was thinking, okay, this is, this is, this is their building yeah. like that. And so I think, um, and that was one of the reasons why we chose, mm. um, there was already people here Yeah. and the building was already established. Um, you got to run into all different types of people, multicultural. That's the other yeah. thing too. 
We've got That's to make really sure good. that we understand that this is a multicultural thing. It's not just a one faceted thing. Right. And so when you walk on, because um, some people have to go, I've had people say that they've sat in um, other services and they're like, it was good, but you guys weren't there. Yeah, that's <laughs> so great. About, we're all in the same kingdom. I said, well, did you get what you need? Sure. So um, I think it's a good thing. I, I think like you it. have um, opportunity to, um, it's cost effective. I think it's a good thing you get to, um, I guess, you know, see other people in the way that they do ministry. Right. And then there's so many opportunities to um, pretty much partner yes. in different ways. So I don't necessarily have any, I'm trying to think of the drawbacks, yes. really. I can't think of anything. I can't like, find any either. <laughs> like right? It just wor- it works, doesn't it? It does work. Yeah. It does. Yeah. yeah. I feel like too, which we've been we've been talking about as part of this 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 service mm-hmm. is um, the witness it is to the community. Yes. That that churches they don't necessarily believe the same things. Right. They don't organize the same way. They they look differently from one mm-hmm. another, um, but they can still come together through Christ and uh, and minister to the city. I think it's the commonality of it. Yeah. I think um, what happens is, is that we, you know, although we don't do the same thing the same way, right? but we really have the same end in mind. Yes, we and do. And that is to get the people, you know, to God. Yes. And draw the heart of the people back to the heart of God. And so what ultimately happens mm-hmm. is, is that I get to learn that there is no right or wrong way or no right. way that's stereotypical, yeah. but we're all trying to get to the same place. And this is why mm. it's important. And so looking from the outside, I've had people ask me all the time, so how's that working for you? Yeah. All the time. I yeah. mean, I've got friends who have started churches and I told this one young lady, I said, well, because she said, I'm thinking about partnering with this other church. Mm. She said, but I don't know. I said, well, we've had a great experience, yeah. Yeah. you know, and so she's went and partnered, you know, done the same thing. And it's been great. That's good. Mm-hmm. Well, we are glad that you're here. I'm glad to be here. <laughs> and that your church is part of this community yes. and that we're all partnering together for Jesus. And thank you for taking your time to thank do this with us me. today. This was this was this was cool. I was like, okay, so what are we gonna talk about? Yeah, that's great. <laughs> yeah. That's good. Well, thank you for being with us again on the Saturday service. And then in just a few moments, you're gonna have an opportunity to meet one of our other ministry partners, Pastor Daniel with Catalyst Church. We'll see you then. Well, City Life, we're so glad you've been with us on this Saturday. Um, And we're excited that you've had a chance to meet some of our church partners. And we're excited that we've got one more for you. And so I wanna introduce you to Pastor Daniel Tripp of Catalyst Church. And uh, and we're gonna learn a little bit about his family and his church as well. So thank you, Daniel, for being here. Yeah, We appreciate you being a part of it. And uh, and we love you guys being on campus here with us. So tell us a little bit about yourself and a little bit about your family. Yeah, for sure. Uh, So uh, I'm married, my wife Kristen and I have been married uh, about nine years now. Okay. And we have one son. He is about two, two and a half, and he is all of the joys that a two, two and a half year old brings, right? He is full of energy, he's sweet, he's kind. Uh, my wife and I met in uh, in Virginia. Actually, we both went to Liberty University. Okay. And so I, I'm from Western North Carolina, near like the Asheville area. Yeah. My wife from Durham, North Carolina. Okay. Uh, but that's where we met is here in Virginia. And yeah. Now nine years later, we're we're here. Come on, that's great. Yeah, man. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about Catalyst Church. We know that. Um, every church kind of meets a unique need in the community, in the continuum sure. of churches. 
Um, and so it's one of the things as we've been talking about today with our other partners, we love the uh, diversity of churches that are here in this region because Absolutely. it's going to take different kinds of churches to reach different kinds of people. So tell us something uh, that's unique about Catalyst Church. Absolutely. You know, all churches in, in some sense are all on the same team. If we're really yes. preaching Jesus, Come if on. it's the good news of the gospel, then we're centered around that and His Great Commission. We That's all good. are ripping off of Him for our, our mission statement. But in light of who we are and our vision, it is going to be unique. It should yes. be unique in how we uh, really see that happen. And so for us as a church, what we want to see happen is we want to see our church discipled and deployed for gospel mission in Newport News and the nations. And okay. we know that our city, uh, like many cities in the country, is, is really transient. Yeah. Right, you of course yes. have those that, like yourself, who've been here for a good, good bit yeah. of time, but yeah. but others that are here for two, four years. Right. Whether that's the military, whether that's college, or the related commerce, and so we believe as Catalyst Church that our proximity is purposeful, yeah. and that Jesus wants to use this transient culture, not that's a, good, not as a seating limiter, but a sending capacity, not a bug of our church, but a feature of our yeah. church. And so we have strategically, in partnering okay. with you all and yeah. being in this location, but we have strategically put ourselves right next to one of the hot pockets of that transient culture yeah. with CNU. Yeah, and, and so though we could say many things, I think I think one of the things that makes us unique, especially in our city, while many churches, your church included, right. has a great passion for seeing the lost college students come to know Christ. Yeah. That is one of our really primary missional aims yeah. is to see them mobilized because we believe that college students are not uh, only one of the greatest mission fields yeah. in the world. Those that simply don't know Christ, but as well, one of the greatest mission forces for the gospel. They're yeah. at a point in their life to be more easily mobilized than any other point in their life. Right. They're at a point where they have at least some limited resources where they can go out, but as well that they're not tied down to different locations that they need to be at, different family needs that make it harder to make some of those maybe riskier moves in yeah. lives. Uh, and so we want to be right on the front lines of being part of that work with them. Yeah, that's good. Tell me, let's talk about that a little bit more. Tell, tell me how you, what, what are some things that you uniquely do to reach the campus of CNU, yeah. and tell me how you navigate, because this is interesting, when churches have a really specific focus like that, Sure. How what do you do to keep other people from feeling left out in your congregation? Absolutely. So the 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 50-year-old couple that's in your church, how, how, how do you deal with the feeling that could come uh, where we don't matter, right? Oh, yeah. the, the human need of it should be about me, which is, right, one of the things that we face in the American church, right? We're me-centric. So how sure. do you combat that a little bit? Yeah, that's a great question. Somewhere between a fourth and a third of our church is actually college students. Yes. So, so absolutely. It's a, a lot. A, 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 while that's a lot, a majority are not. Okay. And yep. so at the same time, while that is one of the things that makes us unique in our primary missional aim yeah. of being really focused. We, we yeah. have a few other missional aims too, but that, that being a primary one mm -hmm. is this, that again, really our vision is that we would see uh, people discipled and deployed in gospel mission for Newport News and the Nations. Right. And so while that means we are trying to strategically mobilize college students, that's also the parent in I their home. Yeah. That's the, that's that's the worker in their workplace. That's good. Uh, that's the grandparent with their grandchild, the, yeah. the, just the, the neighbor to their neighbor. And, right. but, but not just on that micro level, 
on the macro levels of how can we send out missionaries? How can we send out church planters? And we believe that college students are one of those great uh, fields to tap into. Yeah. But it's not just college students. Right. It's how can we tap into that family that they could go on a family mission trip, that they could actually go with a church planting team and and, and risk for the gospel. Yeah, that's good. So someone comes and visits Catalyst Church on a Sunday morning, sure. which we hope people will, <laughs> sure. is is what 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 are they going to find when they walk through the door? T- tell uh, tell us a little bit about what are they going to experience when they come? Yeah, man. When uh, my wife and I have been part of Catalyst as now the lead pastor yes. and my wife, we, we've been here for about a year. And the first thing that I experienced was just the warm hospitality mm. of the church. Yes. It's just a Loving, welcoming church. It is. Uh, and, and I think that really helps set the tone of who we are as a church, is that we truly aim to be a church that is centered on the gospel in every area of ministry. Yeah. Just like the late Tim Keller says, the gospel is not just the ABCs of the Christian life, it's mm. the A to Z. Yes. And it's not just the Christian life, but it's even how the church operates. Yep. And so from the moment that you walk in to uh, how we do our kids' ministry to the prayers that we pray, the songs that we sing, certainly the, the sermons that we preach, all of it is centered on the gospel. That it, it, Again, it's not just an add-on that yeah. we do. It's, it's not just even the, the primary moment we're pushing towards, but it truly is the center of everything. Yeah. That's what I, I think you'll actually feel and experience from how we talk to each other, how we sing, mm. how we pray, how we worship Jesus, that it really is centered on making Him a big deal. Yeah. Tim Keller, you mentioned him, right? We're going to miss his voice. Yeah. In the American Church, what 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 a great voice he has been Absolutely. for for a long time. So tell tell me a little bit about the music part, right? Because sure. churches do music in different ways. Oh yeah. So tell us a little bit about the style of the worship experience that people are going to find. Yeah, for sure. So since we as a church are missional in our uh, in one of our distinctives that we're going after specific people, kind of like what we talked about. As well, we're contemporary. Uh, that's tied to some of our missional aim yes. because of college students. Right. So because of that, just to be straight, I mean, it, it's a lot of modern music. Yeah. Right? But not only that, because we are primarily a gospel-centered church rather mm-hmm. than primarily a contemporary church. Yep. As well, what that means is we're singing a lot of the old hymns. Yeah. Uh, we're singing uh, maybe more theologically rich songs, but really all of those we're putting with a contemporary flair and a yeah, contemporary bent towards it. Yeah. Um, so it, a lot of it would be a lot of the same kind of instrumentation and stuff you guys mm-hmm. are using. We're we're you have a band. Yeah. We yeah absolutely. Yeah. So yeah. I mean whether that's a drummer, electric guitarist, uh, bassist, etc. We really have all of that too. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Good. Tell tell me, Daniel, what what it's been like for you to be in a shared campus environment. Is that new for you? Mm-hmm. Uh, and and if it is, what what what's it been like for you personally as a pastor? Mm-hmm. Right? Because there's two experiences, right? There's the pastor's experience with with a shared church, sure. right? We're, we're, we're officing with other churches, yep, right? Yep, yep. And, and then there's the experience for the church itself with a building that, that we're trying to create a feeling of it doesn't belong to any one church, yep. right? It belongs to all of us. Absolutely. I've only been part of a uh, somewhat similar situation one time. It was very different though. It was just, I was on kind of the front lines of a church plant. And so we met in a school, Okay, but, but we didn't have offices there yes. and, and things like that. But you know, here, this actually has been a wonderful experience. Again, I've only been here a year. So when I first right. heard about the experience, I was like, wait, explain that again. Yeah. What, what do you mean? How does that, how could that work? Right, right. 
But what I, what they shared with me immediately, and then what I very quickly found out, is it actually is a beautiful thing that, mm. that actually works really well, I think, to advance the gospel. Yeah. And I think there's a few reasons why. Number one, if I can just tell you guys, your leaders, your pastors are extremely hospitable and super kind to us. I mean, just generous in all the ways that they allow us to use this building mm. because they realize this building, even though, yes, you own it, like, sure. it ain't yours. Like, that's right. It's Jesus' building. Yes. And like, that, Come on. that's just been really humbling and that we've been able to be part of that. Yeah. Um, but as well, it, it's just that there is this uh, wonderful reality that we're working together, even though all of our churches do have different things that make mm-hmm. us unique. And as well, we're meeting at different times, even dif- different days. You yes. go on a Saturday, yes. of course, us on a Sunday. And that's just been great as well. Uh, like I said, I, I, at one point, was kind of in a church planning situation, you know, the kind of full setup teardown. And right. You guys know some right. of that for right. sure in the past. But, you know, here, because we're in the situation we have, uh-huh. we have more permanent storage. Yes. It's still out of the way for you all. Yeah. So then, again, like like you said, it's not kind of uh, all the signage and things like that mm-hmm. that kind of can can limit that in, in other churches. But it allows us to to do minimal setup and tear down, yeah. which is just a really great experience. Yeah. And, and frankly, we're, we're excited to be part of something like yeah. that. It allows us, yes, to be right next to CNU, but as well to know that there are other gospel preaching churches mm. right in this building, right around the same yeah. hours. That's just really exciting. It's good. It's good. Yeah, we really feel like, I, I appreciate your acknowledgement that, that our perspective, our point of view is that this building isn't our own, right? We're, we're stewarding it, right? But yep. it's, it's Jesus's building and it's, a, it's his property. And, uh, and so we, we, we love having you a partner here with us. And, and we love, like what you said, this idea that us, all these churches working together, the pastors in the churches that you've met already today, we don't all believe the same things. We, we have different theological streams that we're in. We have different church cultures, different church structure. Mm-hmm. Um, we, have, we, we, we have different uh, uh, ways that we approach weekend worship. Yep. But, but we're all gospel-centered churches, yep. right? Which, as you said, puts us all on the, on the same team. And so our hope is that that in and of itself is going to be a witness to the community, mm-hmm. right? The, the, the city of Newport News is going to look and say, Hey, how is it that all those churches that believe so differently can work together? Yeah. And, uh, and that that's going to create a, uh, a holy curiosity in them, right? Absolutely. That's what Jesus talks about in John 17, that he would, the, the world Come would on. see this wonderful unity. So good. And, and I think there's some, some real uh, ability that we have uniquely yeah. with our churches, our, our ministries here, that we can hopefully picture that to them. That's good. Well, we want to say thank you to Pastor Daniel and Catalyst Church for making this happen, being a part of this service this weekend with us. Uh, And then we also want to say thank you to you for spending your Saturday with us. And then, you know, Pastor Daniel and I, we've been talking about the gospel and uh, and what that means. And, uh, And that's a great setup for what's coming next, because in every service this year, we have this welcome home moment, and that's what's coming to you next. One of the things that we believe here at City Life Church is that every person shares the same deepest need, and that is to know God and to be known by Him. It's our greatest need, but it's also our greatest dilemma because our relationship with God is fractured by something called sin. One of the ways that sin can be defined is all that stuff that hinders us from becoming the person God created us to be. 
Each of us experiences a gap at times between the person we know we could be and should be and the person we are. Sometimes because of the things we've done or haven't done, the things we've said, the things we've thought, agreements we've made that harm ourselves and others, these things not only put distance between me and the person God created me to be, but it also puts distance between me and God. One day, when this life comes to an end, we will have to stand before God and give an account for all of our lives. The Bible calls it a day of judgment. And one of the things that breaks my heart is that there will be people who will experience a sense of knowing God and being known by Him for the very first time on that day. So what can we do to encounter God on that day of judgment differently? How can we begin to encounter Him even now in a way that brings us into relationship with Him before then? Well, we can't do it in our own strength. There's no way to right all of our wrongs or commit ourselves to perfection by our own efforts. We can't bridge the gap between us and God by ourselves. So Jesus steps in and gives us good news, what we call the gospel. The good news of the gospel is that we can be changed from the inside out. A favorite verse of ours in 2 Corinthians 5:17 says that, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old is gone and the new has come. When Jesus died on the cross 2000 years ago, he died not only to change you for the better, but to forgive you for every mistake, every regret, every wrong choice. He died for the mistakes we've made already and the mistakes we will inevitably make in the future. So that on the day when we breathe our last breath, we don't have to fear the condemnation of eternal death and eternal separation from relationship with God. We can step into that moment with the humble hope of eternal life because of what Jesus has promised to us. We are inserting this moment into our service until God says otherwise every single week. It's called a welcome home moment because Jesus says that when we make a vow of devotion to him, we are born into God's family, which means that when you make a decision to choose him, you take your first spiritual breath and all of heaven says to you, welcome home. We want this moment to be a part of every one of our services because we want people to hear what you just heard so they have an opportunity to believe and in believing they might have the opportunity to make their own vow of devotion to Jesus Christ. So I'm inviting you now to pray with me. Mark this moment with intentionality by bowing your head and closing your eyes. Maybe separate yourself from the people around you, but most importantly, setting your attention and focus on God. As I pray, you can borrow the words I'm speaking and make them your own. You don't have to say them out loud. Maybe you can uh, think them in your head along with me. If you look back into the story of your life and you can't think of a time you've prayed a prayer like this one, genuinely and from the heart, then I hope you join me in this prayer right now, today. Jesus, I believe that you are God's son, that you died for my sins, that you rose from the dead, conquering sin and death. So on this day, I make a vow of devotion to you. And I ask that you would come and begin to do the work of changing me on the inside. I accept the forgiveness that you offer. Believe that from this day forward, I can live my life with the hope of eternal life. And it's in Jesus' name I pray, amen. Come on, 
All of heaven is celebrating with you today and shouting, welcome home, because you are right now a part of the family of God. Right now, you can begin to experience a life of knowing God and being known by Him. What an incredible Saturday we just had, from serving all over the 757 to worshiping right here on this platform. But before you check out, we are here to pray for you and connect with you. Should you need prayer, simply click that button and hosts are ready to pray with you. But should you go, I pray that the Lord bless and keep you till we come together again in person next week. God bless.